Okay, there we go. Whoa, feedback. This is ugly, Phil. Ugly. What are you waiting for? Do it! Triple M. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Are you ready? We had the songs, we had the attitude, we had the fire. We were determined to kick people's ass, and we did. And nobody's gonna f***ing sit down and tell me what Metallica is about or how it's supposed to be. Metallica is in a real good mood tonight. Every time we make two people happy, we pissed somebody else off. Get on the train with us and hold on tight because we don't stop, we go hard. Hey there, it's James calling you. How are you? Hey Phil, I'm doing good bro. We're over here in uh, Hong Kong. We were so excited when you released the album and being a fan who likes stuff like St. Anger because you know I'm sort of like a Black Flag fan and I love hardcore. I love the way you kicked the album off as well. There was no messing around there. (laughs) Good. That was the last song written too. We had all these songs together and pretty long and crazy and you know old school you know Ride the Lightning, Master Puppets, Lynx and I said hey man we we gotta have a short fast one that kicks you in the face and that was the last one we wrote that kind of does the trick it does and the great thing about it as well is you know metallica has lost none of its intensity over the years this is what we do this is what we're good at there's no other way to do it i mean we're not interested in phoning anything in and that's kind of obvious we're explorers and uh, we love being an artist and doing what we want and uh, we are writing music that we like to hear that kind of simplifies it right there i get the impression as well that the studio process seemed a short process it sounded like a lot of the stuff may have actually gone straight to tape well i think what happened was normal stuff lars and i going through riff tapes picking out what's best a plus plus pile a plus pile a and then from there on out doesn't matter <laughs> greg fiddleman who worked on the through the never movie and obviously he was the engineer on death magnetic we knew he was able to get good sounds, so he came in we got sounds right away yeah even when we were writing so anything we wrote, anything when we, you know, if we accidentally played something good, then it was on, uh, it was recorded, and we were recording all the time. So it was kind of a seamless, really comfortable way of recording. So congratulations on the success of the latest album, Hardwired to Self Destruct, which went number one everywhere. And also, I guess if we've ever needed a Metallica album in the world, it's right now. I guess when we go on tour, we'll find out who these people are. That's still like Metallica yeah. <laughs> after 35 years and are supporting us and love and uh, it's somehow it's connecting with people. We are super blessed to have that happening after this long. But I must say, there's nothing different that we've done on this record that we haven't on the other records, you know. We've put our best boot forward and thought this was the best stuff we can come up with. It's being welcomed with such positivity. Yeah. Uh, we're, we kind of don't know what to do with it. We're, we're kind of used to being hated Well, you know, the crazy thing is, you know, with all the new fans that are coming through and with the digital age that we have, the younger fans especially are very keen to get their hands on the physical copy of the album and especially the vinyl of the album as well. I agree, and I love that. You know, vinyl uh, has never really gone away, but it really has has started to grow again. And uh, my kids love vinyl. You know, looking at my kids in their bedroom 
laying on the floor. They got these albums strewn out all over the place, and they're listening to music, and they're laying on the floor and just absorbing it. And that was me, you know. Not that they have to listen to music like me, yeah. but they're experiencing that as well. So it's not just here's how things are now. It's and you get to do this. You get the convenience of having it in your car or mobile. Plus, you get to actually sit down and absorb the music in your bedroom you know, while looking at the cool artwork. Of course, and it's a testament to how your fans have travelled with you throughout the years. But with the relationship between yourself and the other guys especially, it seems to be that even though you know we've seen evidence of it, that you, know, you have this rocky time, you've managed to keep it together. What do you think it is that fuels the passion behind you know, the relationship you've got with the band? We realise that Metallica is, is a special thing. We're the caretakers of it. Whatever bickering or little bullshit that goes on in normal life, yeah. you know, I don't think everyone is married to three other males and touring the world. That comes with its own challenges. You know, being married to one woman at home is tough enough. <laughs> your brothers, your brothers out here. So yeah, you got to be honest, man. I mean, you hate each other. You love each other. It's all of that. Yeah. So as long as we're staying in communication with each other, I tell you, we're able to care for this thing. And Metallica's got this key to the world that we couldn't do anything close to this without each other, without this kind of ability to reach so many people. So it's something we need to care for, and we also just love. We just love. We couldn't live without it, really. Hey there, freaks and friends. This is James from Metallica, and you are listening to Ugly Phil in the Rubber Room here on Triple M Radio. This is the thing about the community that Metallica have, James, as well, and I think the thing that draws a lot of people to this band is that, you know, you've got a real honesty about what you guys do. Well, I agree, and I tell you, we're not afraid to show our dorky side, our our funny sides, our non-serious, you know, our mistake sides. I mean, everyone makes mistakes and we fuck up. We make bad investments or we do the wrong thing. And But it's all in the name of trying to do our best. So yeah. you can fault people for that all you want, but at the end of the day, hey, we're out here at least trying to do something. And I agree. This world is really polluted with a lot of BS and uh, crap that people don't need to see or hear because it's fake. You know, people just want your clicks and your hits and all about the money and we're out here doing this because if we don't we're i don't know we wither away i mean this is this is breathing for us i think everyone thinks that they know the truth and at the end of the day my truth what i believe in passionately if i just imagine or even make up that you have the same view about what you believe in then we can get along i mean yes it's a difference of opinion okay you know but we're trying to do the next best right thing everyone's trying to tear each other down instead of join together and make some good decisions you mentioned before by the way touring i read recently that you said your body can only handle 50 shows a year even i imagine physically because it is a very physical show that metallica does even 50 shows a year sounds like a lot to me <laughs> you know <laughs> no, to i'm our... the only one that said that too yeah uh, i have plenty of friends that say 50? Are you crazy? It's like, well, no. We were doing a lot more than that, but we love the touring. We just want to be able to survive it, you know, uh, like mind, body, and spirit. We're pretty wise guys. We, we know what our body can and can't do. Why punish ourselves out here? This should be fun. 
And if we're not playing 110% for every show, yep. then it's not fun. And you played with Lang Lang. You played with him at the Grammys as well. He was super stoked. He's a super cool guy. He's quite a rebel, you know, even though he does play classical piano. He's got an artist mentality, and he's wanting to try new things and push limits, and he's a good spirit, and it's, he's nice to be around. On this latest album, you've written this song about Amy Winehouse. Did you watch that documentary about her? Absolutely. The word sad definitely comes to mind. Obviously, there's I can relate to a lot of that, where their fame portion of that is such a drug that draws you in, and then it's not what it seems to be, so you start maybe doing drugs or drink to make it what you want it to be, and then you're surrounded with people that are just saying yes to everything, yeah. and you lose touch with the reality, and all of a sudden you're gone, you're off, you're not you anymore. And uh, I can relate to that. It was sad to see that in the movie. And obviously, she's not the first or the last to have gone that pathway. And uh, the heavy metal world, there's been people that have you know disappeared. So it doesn't have to be the pop world. Fame is something not to take lightly. With sobriety, did you feel a little bit nervous that you might even lose some of your muse in some respect? Oh, absolutely. When you've forgotten yourself, you don't know what you had or still have. You know, that was just something that helped me be creative or, or that was something that helped me be social or, you know, I've got this anxiety. I don't even like talking to people. Or I can't be in a party or, you know, there's all these things that you make up in your head about yourself. And uh, especially when you're uh, lost in that kind of drug uh, drink world, you know, I can relate to that when you're at such an accelerated lifestyle. You know, when they say life in the fast lane, it's such a cliche, but it really is. Your version of normal is so elevated to a high a kind of adrenaline rush yeah. that when you don't have that, you feel like you're bored as shit on this planet. Well, I think it's just a combination of realizing what I do have, what people around me have to offer, and why do they even want to be around me? You know, <laughs> definitely a people pleaser side to me. And when I realize that, hey, you know, we love you just for you. Yeah. <laughs> we don't care what the hell you're doing, what you're wearing, what you're looking like, what you're saying, singing, writing. We don't care. So it, that was a deep-seated tape that I kept playing over in my head from way, way back. Thank you so much for spending so much time with us tonight, man. And also, thank you for the great music. And I think the great thing about Metallica is every time I go to a gig, you know, there's never any hassle. Uh, everybody is just there to see the band. There's this real sense of kinship as well and a real sense of community that you find among Metallica fans. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, at the end of the day, you're not alone. That's the truth. And... You know, that's why all are welcome here, man. <laughs> if you feel like you don't fit in, that makes you fit in here. Will we see you in Australia soon? I sure hope so. I haven't seen it on the penciling in of the calendar quite yet, but there's no doubt we're, we're, we're certainly not going to skip Australia. Always been a huge and amazing part of the Metallica Worldwide Tour. So I will not, I'll guarantee that we'll be there because I'm not going to go on tour and not play down there. So. Fantastic. Such a pleasure, man. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, brother. Triple M, the rubber room.